home building and remodeling show. Let's go. Welcome everybody to the home building and remodeling show. My name is Chris Kirby and I'll be your host. I am the owner of three construction companies on the Alabama Gulf Coast. The show is about residential construction. We're going to cover topics of home building and remodeling. Are you thinking of doing a remodel or building a home? Are you a contractor looking to improve your knowledge base or grow your business? Have you ever done a remodel project or built a home? There were so many things you wish you knew or that you could have done differently during the process. Then this show is for you. We break down the process of building and remodeling and how to have the best results during your project. Whether you're a DIYer looking for tips, someone looking to hire a contractor to do a project, or a contractor looking to expand your knowledge base or your business. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you. Stay tuned. We kick off the show with my thoughts on home building and remodeling. I'll share best practices and talk about some of our experiences in business and out in the field. These shared thoughts and lessons learned are meant to help you on your very own journey. Let's go. We're going to talk about going digital as a remodeler, as a contractor. So a growing number of today's homeowners, as we know, uh, the keyword millennial digital technology is evolving. So people want their remodeler to be up on things. Not only that, they're going to find you online. So as a remodeler, it's imperative to use things like Facebook, social media, digital marketing, different things like that. And uh, like I like to tell my team is that, yes, you know, it's tough for some people and it puts you out there. And if you're doing bad work, you're going to get called out for doing bad work as a contractor. If you're doing, but if you're doing good work as a contractor, you're community based and, and you're putting yourself out there on social media and things like that. Yes, you're easily accessible, but you're being transparent. And in today's world, um, anybody can find you online. It's it's a knock on your company if you're not able to be found online. In Pro Remodeler Magazine this month, they talked about um, going digital to market your business. So that is something that a lot of the old school remodelers and builders aren't savvy on, but they're becoming more savvy because it is a necessity um, in our environment. So it says a growing number of today's homeowners are uh, digital natives. Uh, that means they grew up with internet. So they grew up expecting to be able to find services online, Google search and different things like that. So what you've got to make sure to do is put yourself out there, project yourself um, in the digital world so they can find you via Google. So there's different campaigns that marketing companies do for remodelers, such as uh, the Google ads and, and stuff like that. But if you work hard enough, you can be found on Google organically. And as a remodeler, when people are searching remodelers near me or kitchen remodel or bath remodel, those are keywords and tags that you need to have in your Google profile. So what you need to do is if you're not like me, I built uh, our website for the company and I went to websitebuilder.com uh, and I was able to build both of our websites. I have a little bit of a background using technology just from my Navy experience and stuff like that. So I was able to figure it out and do it. And that's how we're able to, to stay relevant online. However, if you're not, I would recommend finding somebody local 
local being the keyword, somebody you can sit down with and express how you want to market yourself and stick to your niche, right? Niche, niche, whatever the word is, right? Pick one and stick to it. So what we found out in our first year, uh, we would we would take on any client. We just wanted to get into their house. So it doesn't it didn't matter if it was hanging a ceiling fan. There was uh, three of us and we would go and hang a ceiling fan. And as our company grew, we started to really hone in on what we were good at. Another thing that we were always, from the beginning, we were always taking pictures before and after. Again, even if it was just a ceiling fan, uh, we were, you know, we were doing before and after pictures, making sure that the clients were aware of what we were doing. And then I also went on to Home Advisor and, you know, Home Advisor was hit or miss for me. I had uh, some great experiences. I spent $26,000 our first year on Home Advisor, really putting ourselves into a little bit of debt just so I could make sure that we were getting out there, putting ourselves out there, getting calls. And a lot of it was bootleg calls that you would get on Home Advisor. So it, uh, it, but there were some that was really good for us. And again, it was just another avenue. So if you look at our Home Advisor, we've got 60 some odd reviews. And so it was important for us to be online. Um, for people to be able to find us and Home Advisor was the hot thing. They were marketing very hard. Angie's List, Home Advisor, Thumbtack was another one. And so we were getting just bombarded with calls. The problem was a lot of those calls were, uh, were not, uh, relevant calls or they would go out to five, six, seven people at a time. And so you were really competing to be the first one to call. Uh, it's a little bit different now. The client has an opportunity to choose you through an avenue like um, now it's called Angie. They don't even do Home Advisor anymore because they had so many issues. But uh, it was tough, you know, to really get started and um, putting ourselves online uh, made a lot of difference for us. Facebook, uh, Facebook was big. Instagram was big. Insta, we, we were a little bit slower. Facebook, we've done a lot of good things and we've gotten a lot of good business via Facebook. We were in a world where a lot of contractors just wanted to do the work, uh, get paid and move to the next job. Um, however, they weren't being found like we were. So that's how we were able to, um, thrive in the industry and continue to have success was because we were able to be found. We were accessible. We were transparent. And we backed up our work at every point. And so that was a big um, key to our success and us still being here and being relevant today was we adopted the fact that we needed to be online early. And now we move into Shop Talk. It's the portion of the show where I bring in a co-host and we cover trending topics in home building and remodeling. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. Um, so, yeah, it really at this point in your career, you have went from, you know, being a construction laborer, uh, working with framers, framing houses. Uh, you were a salesman and then you had um, you started doing some trim carpentry, some little bit of commercial remodeling. So dabbling in a little bit of everything that a remodeler does. And remodeling is a general term for I mean, there's all types of remodeling. There's all types of, there's kitchen and bath, there's interior remodeling, there's exterior. So 
there's a lot of different things that, you know, you probably started to pick up in the commercial side. And then you, you know, had that little time in life where everybody has had some some crisis moments and came out of that and then went right back into trim carpentry, then crew lead, and then came here and was a crew lead. And really here, I think, you know, this you had the skill, you had the trade knowledge, the industry knowledge and the background from all of that experience. And, you know, I instantly saw that you know, and then the sales part, right? We can't we can't pass that part up because honestly, you you became after doing our our crew lead for a little bit, being a crew lead here, you became an estimator, right? And that's where, and you've always been a, a nice guy, friendly guy, able to talk to people. We we had a lot of friends growing up and hung out and hung out with pretty much everybody, right? Correct. So all of that worked to your favor, and you became the estimator here, which, you know, as a construction estimator, that's that has a whole series of different dynamics. It's different than working in the field. Now, it, it, it really is. Like, it's a, <clears throat> it's a pretty, uh, there's a big gap between working in the field and doing the estimating, because yeah. then you, you start carrying a little bit of the weight on you really for when you start to dabble in the management, right. you start to see in construction, you start um, to learn a lot about the stuff that you don't really see. If you're just a laborer, or just a crew lead for a company. You yeah. Know what I mean? Well, they're out in the field and they're working and, and look, we're everybody in this office. And I say this all the time makes money off of the backs of our talent out in the field. Right. right. And so I need good people out in the field working day to day. And but the beauty of of that, and you've seen it when you came to the offices, your awareness of the the client and the client needs and the employee needs and the company needs increases tenfold when you take on a position like the estimator. Whereas as the crew leader, you are responsible for you and maybe one or two other people and you know you're going to show up. Here's the tools you're going to need. Here's the materials you're going to need. And here's what I got to accomplish today. Right. And then you, you clock out and you get to go home. As long as you hit that goal, you're gone. You're not worried about the, you know, going on the estimate and putting the, the estimate together and the person calling, asking, where is my estimate? So you really started to see all that stuff. Yeah. 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 Especially the ones, you know I mean? That call the next day. Right. And we've yeah, talked I mean, about that yeah. where it's a huge deal, you know, a whole home remodel. And the next day they're like, hey, where where's my estimate? Right. You know? Uh, yeah. So so you started to see that, you know, in construction, as in any other industry, you have to have what I say is some emotional intelligence. You've got to be able to read people. You've got to be able to know and and understand people in any field that you're in, especially as a leader, especially as a manager, it, you know, to me, gone are the days of they're just employees and you treat them um, like robots, clock in, clock out, right. do what you're told, go home. Well, you're not going to make it far in any industry if you've got that mentality. And that's that boss mentality. Right. That's not that leader mentality. And when you become an estimator, the thing is, you're sitting down and saying, here's how the job should go. You're kind of laying it out. Time-wise, you're, you're bidding for how many days or weeks 
or months are we going to put into this job? Here's how it should go. Um, here's how much that labor is going to cost. Here, here's how much minor materials are going to cost. Here's how much the materials are going to cost. So you're having a bid for all of this stuff. And the stressful part is now you turn that over to a project manager or to the crew leader. And in order for you to be right on your estimate, they've got to perform how you predicted they would perform. Exactly. If not, if you've bid something for two days and it takes three, we've lost money. Right. If you've bid something for two weeks and it takes three, we've lost money. And so exactly. how do you how do you feel? Because you didn't get every you're not going to get every bid right. And, right. you know, you're definitely um, going to learn as you go and you're going to make mistakes. So you're going to you're going to undershoot. Right. And then. So how did you feel uh, if if you're like, oh, my gosh, did you get stressed when they were when they weren't hitting the mark? A little bit. Like if you, if you lost my if you're like, OK, this is a ten thousand dollar job. We're at eleven thousand and we right. still got work to do. Yeah. Right. I mean, it still kind of stresses me out. Sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean, especially yeah. now yeah. that I'm working the budgets and stuff. And it's like because you got these some crews that are just they get rocking. through it. And then, yeah, you know what I mean, not even that like when you're building these uh, estimates, you tend to overlook all of the stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean, in remodeling. Right. When you're going out, when I would go out, when you would go out, when, you know, and now when Casey goes out. You can't see. You don't have X-ray right. vision. And you, you can't see beyond the and wall. And what the problem is, you don't see it until the moment they're like, hey, I need this. Where is it at? Yeah. And then you're like looking at your paper. And you're like, and you're like oh, oh, no. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even. Man, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you want to talk about stress now, right, the company is like, hey, man, we're we're losing money. And the client is like. You said this would be done on this timeline. I've got movers moving stuff in. I've got whatever, right? Right. And so you feel it from every side as the estimator right. when you get it wrong. Yep. You know, and even the crews are like, dude, the, the scope of work you gave me compared to what I'm working on. There's no way. Yeah. So everybody's just aggravated with you. And then, you know, I mean, you're totally trying to be like, oh, yeah, I could do it. I could do it. Yeah, I could have done that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, man. My dad is the worst. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, Them old is. school people where they're like, I would have had it done in three days. You know, a three-week job. Yeah. And me and one other person. And that's that whole, yeah. I walked in the snow mentality and we right. still got the job done. You know? I've never worked anywhere where they bought your blades. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> a lot of the accommodating week. stuff that we do now. Right. Oh, back in the day, who was happening? He complains you know? about that. Every week. Yeah, so so that's you know the pressure that you started to face, and but you've leveled up. So you've you've come into a field where you had no skill, no understanding, and started out basically with grunt work, with labor work, um, and you were able to you know do that. You stuck it out at least six months. Now we're going to move into the portion of the show where we talk interior design. We're going to bring in an interior designer and we're going to talk trending design and products. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. I have one of our interior designers, uh, Courtney, with us. Glad to have her today. 
we're going to talk a little bit about what's called LVP, luxury vinyl plank flooring. Yeah. And then maybe we can start with an intro to your background, Courtney. Sure. Um, so I'm an interior designer. I've been an interior designer for 16 years. I really love to talk about products. So if you know something about something, I want to know about it too. And that's why we're getting into product knowledge. And she has a wealth of experience, wealth of knowledge. And sometimes even from given our background where I'm in the construction world, we know how to install and we call like the Schluter vendor and they send a rep to train our people to our guys and girls to install the product. But when it comes to the knowledge of the product itself, all right, and how yes. it performs, there sometimes even some of the stuff that you talk about <laughs> as a designer, yeah. just from um, learning about product, uh, is way over my head. So we're going to today. We're going to give them some of that basic knowledge. And then as you're talking about, you know, some of the important things that a consumer should look for, right? Yeah. Especially when it comes to luxury vinyl plank, what is one of the most important things they should be looking for? So the most important with luxury vinyl plank is your millware layer. Um, LVP is basically five layers of materials. The top layer is your millware layer and the bottom is your attached pad. The higher the millware layer, the better it is going to hold up and the more scratch resistant it is. Yeah. Um, so usually it ranges anywhere from six to 20. There are some go as high as 40 mil, and that would definitely be for something that's very high foot traffic, perhaps more on the commercial end. Yeah. For an average consumer, we're safe to say stay around 20 mil, 30 mil. Yeah. And, and the mil is the actual thickness. So you can, you can actually pick up a single plank and you can hold it and the thinner millware it it will kind of just just fall right it can it actually kind of bends yeah so when you pick up a vinyl plank if you put it into two hands and it can bend really easily that also means it's not a rigid core yeah so rigid core is one of the other important things to know about luxury vinyl plank so millware layer is actually that top layer so in overall thickness sure it ranges anywhere from two millimeters to eight millimeters in actual product thickness got you and so and does that affect price of yes. the product? Yes. Okay. So as a consumer, um, I always tell people you want to look for a high millware layer and then a high MM. So let's say the millware layer is a 20 mil and it's yep. eight millimeters thick. That's kind of your good sweet spot to be in. Sure. And what does that mean as far as wear layer, but also the um, like scratch resistant, all of that type of stuff. Talk to us about... so. One of the things that it's it's trending right now. So Very. LVP, luxury vinyl plank, is trending, and we are getting a lot of we're getting a lot of calls on the construction side. Even when we're doing kitchen and bath, um, instead they're actually going a little bit away from tile, and uh, they want, especially on the beach too, they want a floor they can put throughout the entire house. So why do you think that the luxury vinyl plank is is trending right now? Well, especially in this area, part of it is because of our weather. It is a very hot, humid, wet space. Um, we're due for storms. However, it's not just us. It's, you know, it's making its way throughout, you know, the entire United States. Sure. Part of the reason it is so trendy is cost. The okay. product yeah. alone is very cost effective. It usually ranges from around $199 um, a square foot up to $899 a square foot. 
And besides the cost on it, it's also installation. Yeah. You can install it using just a razor blade, your hands. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I can attest to just kind of, you know, at first when it, when it came out, we were thinking, well, how do I install this? It seemed a little complicated, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy to install and, and to actually cut the piece. We can literally score it with a razor blade straight across, snap it, yeah. and then you're ready to install it. And then the thing when you're installing floor that you talked about price a little bit, yeah. and there's your upper end of anything that you do. For us, we can install LVP rather quickly. Yes. So that helps the consumer with the labor price as well. It's a little bit different where we just basically would go in. And now, no matter what you do, your prep has to be on point. Your floors still have to be level and things like that because this stuff will move. And if you're, yes. And if your floor isn't level, you will get, you know, there will be issues with it staying together, sticking Mm -hmm. together, stuff like that. Thanks for joining us today. As always, we are grateful for our listeners and your continued support. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media via Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Get more info at our website, www.thehomebuildingshow.com. And as always, remember who we are, the Home Building and Remodeling Show.